1: This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to Because You Watch, the podcast where comedians get together to come up with brand new movie and TV show ideas. My name's Beck Hill, and I'm joined as ever by the Morpheus to my Neo, the Hans Zimmer to my Christopher Nolan, the Lelou to my Multipass. It's producer Rory.
2: Hello, Lelou Dallas Multipass. That's me. I'm Rory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you also like chicken
2: yes yes i do like that um my role here other than uh just spot-on impressions uh is i uh bring you guys a category uh which is a real category uh, from video on demand services and uh hopefully you'll all come up with some amazing idea ideas i'll note them down and uh Who knows? Maybe we'll have the next big thing on our hands.
1: What do you mean, hopefully, Rory? We always come up with amazing ideas. We've never had a bad one yet.
2: That is true. We've never had a bad one.
1: And along with Rory and I, we will be joined by some very special comedians this week i'm very excited to introduce a comedy duo who between them have appeared in shows like horrible histories w18 last tango and halifax and back they've sold out shows at the edinburgh festival since 2016 and have a f- cracking podcast called still legit most importantly, they are friends of mine. It's Emily Lloyd Sadie and Anna Leon Brophy. a.k.a. Hi. Egg.
3: Hi! What a lovely intro. That was so. I'd
4: listen to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they sound cool.
1: <laughs> uh, so Emily, Anna, how are your cupboards?
3: Can I just say, I was very, I was very triggered by the start of your podcast, actually, because you mentioned Lelu and oh, yeah. my boyfriend. Really desperately wants that to be the middle name of our unborn child. Hundred percent, Emily. What are you talking yes. about? Hundred percent. I love Lilu and I love that it's one of my favourite films. And I'm like, let's go for Mila, so it doesn't sound like a teletubby. Right. I yeah. Oh, I love Lelou. I
1: see. Lelou <laughs> does yeah,
3: multi-pass. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, full name. I can't take Rory's full name. <laughs> but when you said it, I was like, oh God, no. No one I think it that's is. great. What about Ruby Rod? Ruby Rod, yeah. <gasps> <That's good>. Unbelievable.
4: <laughs> Spot on there, Rory. That was very good. Never sounded more like a glamorous black man.
2: Any character in the fifth element, I could do a pitch perfect impression of. Oh, Aziz God. Light. See? Perfect.
3: (laughs) Aziz Light is the best. That's my favourite line.
1: (laughs) Rory, I'm going to hand over to you to tell us what this episode's category is.
2: Okay, so your category this time is Mind-Bending Films, which is a real category on Netflix, which has 32 titles within it at time of recording, including Annihilation, Inception, and Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Uh, Ten of the 32 titles are also categorised as being in the sci-fi genre, and four are c- uh, categorised as being slick. Uh, so <laughs> that's the category as it stands on Netflix. Uh, what do we think of this category? Have you watched anything that's on the list? And was your mind bended?
4: My favourite thing is to watch a mind bender with a mum or a grandma. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and that will always keep you feeling super smart because if you're if the person you're viewing with can't t- differentiate between people who have the
3: same colour hair, mm. then you're yes. always
4: going to be one step ahead.
3: <laughs> but on the flip side of that, of the that... twist. I remember watching The Matrix with my friend's family, and I'd already seen it a couple of times. And her dad paused it, and he went, "Right, the way I see it is, they're in this video game," and uh, and I went, "No, no, no. What's happened is," and I kind of explained what had happened so far. And my friend like shot me a look and went, "Don't make my dad feel stupid." Oh Oh my God. I just had to let him watch it thinking it was that one scene in the beach where it turns into a computer game. Oh, (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: Wow. And I I thought,
3: I'm cleverer than this family. I'm out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm better than this. I'm better than this.
4: We just recorded an episode of Still Legit on The Matrix and I got so excited when when I watched it. Then I watched the second and third film pretty much all in the same sitting and then Four days later, some friends came over. I mentioned the Matrix. Two hours later, we were watching the Matrix again. Regret nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: regret nothing. I saw the um, I saw it when they did it with the live orchestra at Royal Albert Hall. Ooh, and wow! Fancy. It was so, so good. That's oh cool. my goodness. And the, I realized the other day because I accidentally got drunk, um, and oh, I know a lot oh of people no, say okay? that. I know a lot of people say that but genuinely I had, so I know that my safe limit for drinks is two ciders and then after two ciders I start to get a bit silly and I had two ciders and then don't remember much of the rest of the night and Uh woke up feeling absolutely horrific the next day and I couldn't work out why and then I checked the bottles and they were 8.2% which means I'd had had four ciders I'd had four ciders and all I could think of, I was so hungover, all I could think was how much I wish that I had the goo from the Matrix because I reckon that that would cure <sighs> a hangover so quickly.
2: You, 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 woke, you woke up with a terrible hangover and you, you looked at the bottle, you twisted the bottle around, you saw 8.2% and you went, oh, what a twist. Oh. <laughs> and your mind is instantly fantastic. bended. That's <laughs> half audience. Everyone lost yep. it. <laughs> now, actually, talking about that, Like what? there is very few better ways to make something bendy than to have a twist in it. Um, and so mm-hmm. what I did was a little bit of research and I come up with a few uh, kind of twists that are kind of commonplace. Um, so these are f- uh, courtesy of blog.readsy.com forward slash plot hyphen twist hyphen ideas hyphen examples. <laughs> oh uh, my
3: God, you found my website.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've got so, I've got some very specific examples um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not terribly worried that these may cross over with the ideas you're going to pitch today. Because they are quite specific. Here are some <laughs> twists I'm going to just drop on you. And you tell me if you think that your mind would be bended watching this. Okay, so first of all, character A is persuaded by character B that it is all a dream, but it's not. How, do, how does that rate for you? On, on the Like on a scale of zero to bent, how does that how does that rate that's, for you? That's your, your classic
4: juicy little double twist, isn't it?
1: I think we already did that with a previous episode of Because You Watch that involved... Stealing the Spice Girls' music?
2: Oh yes, we did. <laughs> yes, it was. It was all a mushroom-induced hallucination, but or it wasn't. Was it? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. So there you go. So all right. So that's the level we're already at, and let's let's go above that with some more examples. So the next example I've got for you here: It is revealed that the narrator is death. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh my death words. as
1: in the... Death. The no, oh,
2: no, not, not as in death, as in, like, he was trying to interpret the whole film with visuals only, as in, like, he is the embodiment of, of, of morbidity. It's like, I
3: didn't see that version of the Rocky Horror Show.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that sounds absolutely pony. I mean,
2: awful. All right, I've got an absolute cork of you next. An archaeologist at a dig site comes across... His own skeleton.
4: I actually Ooh. love that. I like that. Yeah, that yeah. I like it.
2: Frisson. How does he know what his skeleton looks like? <laughs> so true. Exactly. He like immediately looks at. It. He's like, wait a minute, that's me. That's my <laughs> femur. <laughs> so fucking true, Emily.
4: I would like Emily's realization to be part of the film where he's like that's my skeleton how the fuck did I know that <laughs> <laughs> and that's the journey they it's go really on it's really
2: weird that I knew that anyway <laughs> next up um, it is now this one my mind even reading out the first time the first time I was like well this isn't a oh is my mind just bent um, so here we go wow. it is revealed that all the sounds a character has heard throughout their life were inside their head <laughs> <laughs> every single <laughs> every sound. sound they've ever they heard live
3: in a silent
2: world exactly the world what? has no sounds that sound is not a concept that exists but this character has been hearing sounds all along oh, inside their head oh my god i've got two more smaller ones for you here um okay. character a goes on a series of blind dates without realizing it's all being filmed for the next experimental season of the bachelor <laughs> Oh Jesus <laughs> That oh my is
1: specific God. That's, That's very specific that... Also I... why, why did they specify character A Without there being yeah. any other character B Like just say the character so,
2: so, Some of these say character A and B But a lot of them just say character A So wait a minute If these are all labelled character A Are these all the same person? It's the this same person. An incredibly <laughs> strange day
3: It's going to be oh a very God. busy year for one Very strange yeah. actor <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, and who the actor is, is revealed in our final uh, twist, which is, uh, character A experiences puzzling and unexplained flashbacks because she is the reincarnation of George Washington. Oh,
4: for Christ's sake.
2: Which so presumably hurt. the skeleton may be George Washington. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Hi, Emily. I'm excited and waiting and ready. I want to hear your mind-bending pitch.
3: Okay. Um, well, the thing is, with mind-bending films, they have to be quite high concept. Mm. And I think that was a really unfair ask of someone like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I'm nine months pregnant, and I found my keys in the fridge this morning. So, <laughs> so its working title mm. is Maya's Ruin. And the genre I've kind of gone for is um, a dark teenage drama.
2: Mm.
1: Nice.
3: So character A, Maya, (laughs) (laughs) is going to uni this fall, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she sets off on a summer adventure to South America. So she's traveling solo, which is a big adventure for her. Mm. Um, She's a real family gal. And she meets a girl on her first night, um, character B, Arlene, uh, but she's doing the same thing and she's Mm. traveling alone. And they become just thick as thieves and they decide Mm. to stick together on this journey. And Maya had planned to go to Bolivia, to the salt flats, but Mm. Arlene is going to a place that she's never heard of near Colombia which sounds really weird like no rules apply there really bohemian and she thinks you know caution to the wind I'm on my travels I'm going with her and all seems really normal at this point. There's just really great montages. It's quite a long journey to Colombia from where Loves a montage. I
2: she lives for a montage. Well, you can. How many me... minutes of the runtime are we accounting for with the montage?
3: Probably Steve? 45.
2: Oh, good. Um... <laughs> that, that'll help us get over the 90-minute line. really are yeah. well. film. <laughs> so, uh,
3: I you can show me the worst film ever. If it's got a good montage in, I'll be like redeemed. Fine. <laughs> So they get to this weird village um, and people keep recognising or thinking they recognise Maya, Hmm. Um, you know as character Ray, but they keep calling her Amber. But then some of them are quite happy to see her. Some of them are very surprised to see her. Some Hmm. people are a bit shifty, but she's like, hey, what a weird, what a weird, fun, bohemian place. And they laugh it off and they get free drinks wherever they go. Um, because they're like, oh, I thought you were Amber. Uh And then it's a bit of a wild night, and they get back, and their hostel has been robbed.
0: Mm.
3: Now, Maya wakes up the next morning, and Arlene has gone. Mm. It seems like she's continued her travels without her, or she's just freaked out. We don't know what's happened to Arlene, but she's just gone. Um, She's not worried about her, because it's not Arlene's story. And (laughs) (laughs) she realizes that her passport have gone, and her money's gone, and she's trapped here. So she goes to the locals for kind of help, but no one seems to believe her. And everyone is like, oh, it is you, Amber, telling that story again. Oh. oh. Twist. And so she's intrigued by the confusion and seeing no other options. She thinks, well, maybe I will pretend to be this Amber. People seem to like her. She seems to know people. And maybe I can find out who who she is and try and find the real person. But it backfires when the only people that will take her in and help her seem to know Amber very well. Hmm. And it turns out Amber was part of an occult-like underworld where everyone wore sunglasses and leather. (laughs) I don't
2: like it. My mind is already
3: getting ready to be bent. And they reveal to her that Amber will have to be killed for Maya to get her life back. And she's like... I'm sorry, you say what? And we're watching it, and we're like, what? Yeah. Sorry, what an incredible twist. Oh yeah, we're watching it, all
4: right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And she gets very (laughs) deep. She's trained uh, because Amber's left this kind of weird cult, um, underworld cult. She's in trouble, so they train Maya up to assassinate Amber, so she can have a life back. It's like you help us, we'll help you, kind of thing. Yeah. And she's like, whoa, no, I'm I'm just a girl on my gap year, and but she's enthralled by the fact that magic does exist because she's from our world right and and she has access to it and then she sees a social media pic of Arlene heading down to Bolivia and she's in the picture Hmm. as in like uh, her Maya. Amber is. Um, Yeah Amber is in the picture. Oh Oh, my. So she goes on a mission to kill Amber and we get some yeah. lovely cinematography, by the way, because South America is so beautiful. Oh, I can just but imagine it. In doing so, she gets more and more addicted to her kind of powers that she's been taught, more unlikable, more bitter, more pow- powerful. And we wonder, was she Amber all along? Oh, oh
2: because she takes to it so well. She it's, takes to it so well and she gets there yeah.
3: and there's this innocent girl being like, please don't kill me. I'm doing f- f- uni this fall. I'm,
2: I'm the real Maya. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I know nothing about this cult. I've never heard of Nickelambia before. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: That is my pitch. Oh my goodness!
2: So is Arlene in on this? Is this a is this a kind of thing where Arlene is is That's like exactly the, what I was thinking? At, at the behest of yeah. Amber is like drawing this person in to replace her or is it uh, I mean or she's an innocent person it depends on whether Maya is Amber or Amber is Maya and
3: then what happens is uh, at the end she does kill Amber and skins her alive and realises it's not me we've got completely different skeletons
2: (laughs) (laughs) we were just skin twins but not actual oh
3: no I've made a huge mistake oh well off to uni (laughs) I think it's got to be that uh, Arlene especially questions that some things don't add up. Some things aren't quite the same. And there'll be there'll be one of those, you know, those classic setups
4: at the beginning where she's like, hey, do you want some hot sauce with your breakfast burrito? Oh no, I hate I hot hate sauce. I hate hot sauce. I'm allergic to hot sauce probably. Yeah. And then yeah. In, in the second one, she'll be like,
1: hey, can you pass me the Cholula?
4: And then Arlene's
1: like, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and then Hans Zimmer comes in with a really, really slow rendition of Jolene, but it's been changed to Arlene. <laughs> and then it's, oh, we saved the film. <laughs> what kind of magic would it be? That's what I'm
4: interested in. I'm thinking, what would be the the flavour? Would it be a kind of Mayan, ancient mm. Mayan, sacrifice kind of, on, on, on one of those Mayan
3: temples, you know? Apparently. Yeah, Mayan yeah. is very
2: blood-oriented magic, isn't
3: it? Yeah, I think it's got to be pretty dark for the (laughs) mind-bending. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can one of the other twists be that they keep talking about the magic and it's all very scary and dark and leathery and, you know, what's going on? But when it actually comes time to her using the magic, it's just like... Pulling a hanky out of her <laughs> sleeve, like, keeps changing colours. She, She's, she... Like, makes rings join she, up.
2: She, she, she puts a, a foam ball under a cup and then sacrifices a sheep and then lifts the cup up and the foam ball is gone. <laughs> but it's all played completely straight. Yeah, because, like, a dramatic dum-dum-dum
3: when she lifts it up and it's yeah. gone. Yeah, and no yeah. one in the film will question it or even raise an eyebrow. It's all very serious. <laughs> Um, I think that is part of mind-bending films, though, because you could be like, part of the, the mind-bend could be, what genre is this fucking film I'm watching? This is a David Blaine best of.
1: What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of David Blaine. He's going to have a cameo. Just hanging in a box. Yeah, you know he never comes out. There's just a box in the film that has David Blaine in it. <laughs> but he never comes out, which They're is another twist. They're all just taking
4: shots off it.
1: Hey, Amber, have so he's shot like, He's actually listed in the credits, like at the beginning of the film with all the big stars. But it's okay
3: because after the film, you would read that in a BuzzFeed article and you'd be like, oh, wow. Oh, my God,
2: yes. Oh my Ten God. things
3: you didn't notice in my
2: I can see Word. I can see the thumbnail now with like a circled bush in the background. Ten uh, yeah. things you missed. 100%.
3: Yeah. And every single one of them is
4: really far in the distance. David, yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Or weird, I mean, great ideas in one second. But in the meantime, why not look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for YouWatchedPod? And if you fancy leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, I wouldn't blame you at all. In fact, Rory and I would think you're really rather special. <laughs> That is a fantastic pitch, Emily, and uh, I'm already ex- I've already started making it. Uh, <laughs> but while I'm making it, we should also hear from Anna. What is the pitch you have for a mind-bending film?
4: The working title is A Man's World. So it's present day and we meet our protagonist, Asa who's an impassioned feminist activist who spends her every waking hour tirelessly campaigning for equality for women in a world that is being torn apart by powerful men and toxic masculinity. So how do you come up with
1: this stuff? Where'd you get that
4: from? (laughs) Absolutely nothing to pull from. (laughs) Uh, I don't know where I get my inspiration from. But no matter what strides she seems to make, there always seems to be something standing in her way and she gets the feeling that she's being monitored and watched. And then one day after dodging a mysteriously kick-ass woman, like a hooded woman in black and storming a G5 summit, delivering an epic, powerful speech on equality, which gets a landmark bill passed or something. I don't really understand how that G5 thing works. (laughs) And it goes viral all over the world. When she gets back to her flat, she finds the same kick-ass woman there who reveals she works for a secret organization called Gaia. And this woman's there and she's like, Boom, I work for the secret organization. You're coming with me. There's some hand-to-hand combat. And then she's taken by the intruder, this secret code name, something awesome, to the secret headquarters and she and delivers Asa to Boudica, who I think <gasps> is gonna be Viola Davis, okay. who is the head of this organization. And there she learns that far from it being a man's world, The world is actually run by this top secret cabal of all powerful women who, though once idealists like herself, have become so hardened to men's self-destructive natures. They're now using their power to accelerate man's downfall, believing that once men have destroyed themselves in their endless quest for power and destruction, They will then institute the utopian female society they've been preparing for. Oh my goodness. Then Boudicca shows them this vast, beautiful complex that they have, this kind of nuclear apocalypse-proof place, but very tastefully decorated. Of course. (laughs) Um, Where they keep men purely for breeding purposes, and they're breeding a new race of perfect women to people their brave new world, and the male babies that are born are bred as slaves. Who are taught to be lower than low and only to serve their mistresses, knowing nothing of the dominance that their sex has on the outside. So this cabal of women are the ones who put Putin, Trump, Kim Jong-un, Silvio Berlusconi, Boris Johnson, all the bad guys, every (laughs) shitshow male world leader, into power. This is terrifying because it could be real. Right? Okay, so I this is their plan. I am pack.
1: genuinely gobsmacked. I'm like <laughs> just staring into space. You've mind, you've bended my mind. Because yes. I'm also like, do I secretly wish this was the truth? But then I was like, what about all the women and like that will get killed? Exactly, oh, Beck. But but so we're we going a bit there's Watchmen more. there. No, oh my gosh. Okay, okay. But Beck, okay. you're,
4: you're exactly right because that's what Asa is. She's appalled at this whole thing, and she has this mindset where she's like. The goal is not to enslave men or to eliminate them, but to live in equality and harmony. And we want to fix the world that we have. But Boudicca is too cynical and bitter because she used to be just like Asa. She used to think that way. But now she's realized this is the only way. Men will never change. And she invites Asa to join them. And Asa realizing that they're way way too powerful to fuck with. The only way she can stop them is from the inside. So she agrees to join them. And secretly is trying to like thwart the nuclear strike that they're coordinating. And it's a race (laughs) against time as the detonators to the world destruction tick down towards zero. And in the final seconds, she manages to stop the nuclear strikes. And there's a great celebration across the globe as the Gaia headquarters is a smoking ruin and Boudicca's dead. Secret agent, awesome name is dead. But the victory. I've <laughs> <but the victory, laughs>
2: forgotten about that bit.
4: <laughs> you can call a character
3: B. It's
4: fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: the, but the victory is bittersweet because right away the male world leaders start leveraging the situation to create more hate and more war. And is the world she fought for? a harmony of equality ever going to come to fruition? Or did she destroy a feminine utopia, a peaceful and harmonious world of freedom, acceptance and love merely to perpetuate a world of horror and oppression? Oh,
3: now she's alone in it.
4: Yeah. (gasps) She's killed off the only people who can change it.
3: Wow. (laughs) Any questions? What
2: if all this happens and the world's in ruin uh, and then it just cuts to a dark, dimly lit room and there's like a phone? Uh, and it's ringing and someone picks it up and he goes, yes, it all went to plan. And who is it? It's the gender fluids. Destroying the gender <laughs> binary by making both sides, both sides look bad.
3: I love the gender fluids. The gender fluids.
2: Like <laughs> the gender fluids. <laughs> which fluids that, are we talking Exactly, about? yeah. It's on the table, which fluids. But
3: Unhygienic. <laughs> I'm Imagine the uproar if kind of at the end it was the phone ringing and someone says yeah it all went to plan and it was it was donald trump
1: oh my I god say, imagine if it went it's all gone to plan and it was david blaine <laughs> <laughs> but then he pulls off his mask and it's special agent secret name, awesome name. Yeah.
2: and she looks to the camera and winks Shows the camera and winks And then the camera flips around into selfie mode and... Yeah, the
4: whole thing's a TikTok <laughs> The whole thing's a TikTok
2: <laughs> Someone's username comes up at the end With a little yes. profile picture
3: I need. I think we need to know What special agent awesome name is called Because now I really want her to be called that Secret
2: agent awesome name, that is her, her name I mean at this point it is And it should be Or San, San. Uh, if you want to just spell yeah. out the kind of
3: San. that
4: sounds San. quite good
2: Secret agent, awesome name.
4: But of course, the only problem is, is that um, if this film got made, then men would be able to turn around and be like, see, I told you it was all women's
2: fault. Yeah. Mm. People leave a cinema and go, see, I knew, I knew we couldn't have trusted the women. And then there's a dark room with a phone and someone picks it up and goes, it all went to plan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that should, There actually needs to be a line where Ace is like, but you can't blow up the world. Some She becomes not all men. Like she goes from being
3: really... Yeah. But then use yes. the voice of reason, because it feels like Asa was the voice of reason. But then if that was the case, we'd, been, we'd be watching her turning into this not all men kind of character, but also not agreeing with Gaia. Is there anyone that that we watch that we're like, see, they've got it. I think she is the voice of
4: reason, because she's trying to find, like, her whole campaign on the outside, quote-unquote the outside is for equality.
3: Maybe Boudica realises she was wrong all along before she explodes.
4: <laughs> or, or secret agent San, you know, S- secret agent awesome name, could kind of, you know, it's that thing where she's about to twist the key to turn off the nuclear reactor and San dives in with her samurai sword and she's like, listen, blah, blah, blah. These are the reasons. And she's
2: like, okay and then she twists it the wrong way and goes oh wait shit oh my god I've <laughs> still... just done it <laughs> and oh then it shit happens anyway. oh, <laughs> oh shit you shit. put me off you see, you see when you said what I was doing wasn't right you said right and then I, I so I twisted it right but then no I was meant to, oh, I'm so sorry and then sorry. she'll start talking she'll be <laughs> like
4: you know that famous John Cleese film where he hears right and then he goes and ends up on this road trip and he's just <laughs> trying to get
1: to this award oh it's John Cleese at the end saying it all went to plan <laughs> And then he walks off with a funny one. John Cleese is dressed as Death and he's got a big size.
2: Yeah. And that's how I killed all men, yeah. he says as he walks off or whatever. Yeah. And
3: he tells us at the end through narration or something that actually all the noises that you've heard in this film
2: <laughs> <laughs> have been in your head. This is a silent movie. <laughs> It was a silent movie all along. Jesus Christ. (laughs)
3: Mind-bended. That's the twist.
1: So those were our newest contributions to the Because You Watched Slate under the subheading Mind-Bending Films. Rory, let's hear those ideas back.
2: Okay, well, here are our two new entries. Uh, My mind... Thoroughly bent while writing them. First up is Emily's idea, which is called Maya's Ruin. It is a dark teenage drama. Character A, Maya, is going to university this fall, so she goes off to South America to live a little in the meantime, travelling solo, which is, you know, very tough though, because she's a real family girl. We all know this about Maya. She meets character B, Arlene, who is doing the same thing. <laughs> Maya and Arlene become thick as thieves and Maya is convinced to go to Nicolombia, a country she's never heard of (laughs) when we get there though Maya is weirdly mistaken for someone called Amber Mm. plot twist well people have pretty good reactions to her because you know this mistake occurring they get free drinks people treat them really well so they laugh it all off no harm done though the next day Arlene disappears as well as Maya's passport and identifying documents and suddenly Maya can't get out of the country She can't get out of the village Soon she sees a social post Plot twist With someone who looks exactly like her On the road with Arlene mm. Now the movie takes on a possible Double narrative As maybe Maya in the village Must go undercover as Amber And pick her a moment to maybe escape And maybe Amber must maintain appearances as Maya On the rest of the road trip But was a swap even ever made? Maybe Maya takes to village life so well and is able to adopt herself to the local Mayan magics, sacrificing livestock to plot twist, achieve mindly amusing sleights of hand, which <laughs> shouldn't be possible in such a small amount of time. And she is named Maya. Mm, like the village's Mayan ruins. Maybe she was always a second personality for Amber all along. And Amber is just convincing enough that maybe she is Maya. Is the village subplot at all, even not even real? It's got magics and stuff. But potential confirmation or deconfirmation of a plot twist, the final shot of the movie, and I hope you like this, is a little flavour I added. The final shot of the movie keeps it very ambiguous, a bit like Inception, where knowing the real Myers hot sauce preference, the audience watch in horror. Ready to have their mind bent as potentially Amber picks up two saucers, one in each hand, <laughs> and we cut to black just before we see which one she squeezes on her food. Was oh. it lemon
3: and herb? Was
1: it very Berry? berry?
2: Yeah, <laughs> either confirming or deconfirming her as the real Maya. Oh, um, but but that's but that's not quite the end, because if you put in the second disc of the DVD in the making of, there's yet another plot twist. Because David Blaine and his box were secretly in every single shot of the movie all along. That is Maya's ruin. Yes, it is. Next up, an equally great idea, a man's world. Present day, we meet our protagonist, Asa who is a feminist activist who's working tirelessly to achieve justice and equality in the world in a in world run by powerful and toxic men. But her efforts are just being blocked left and right. Mine's straightness at this point becomes slightly ruffled as Asa <laughs> is attacked by a mysterious kick-ass hooden woman. But she's able to get away just in time and this can't deter her from giving a very rousing speech that manages to make a really big bill or law or or something, pass at the G5 summit. Either way, her speech absolutely slapped. <laughs> After this, she encounters the woman again, who we find out is named Secret Agent Orson na- name, or San, uh, who works for a secret organization called Gaia, run by someone called... Boudica. Minds are now about 20 degrees bended because it turns out the man's world is actually run by a super secret society of very powerful women who are deliberately letting men muck it all up so they can reclaim the world from the ashes, rigging elections and running the world to make sure the worst men for the job are always getting elected. Well, your mind is at about 90 degrees bent at this point because <laughs> for this reason, they grabbed Acer a force for progress in the above world before she can save the world and actually stop this terrible destruction from happening. Not only are they so shady, but they're also breeding male slaves and perfect women in this secret underworld ready to take over the above world. But is this too far? Because Asa isn't really having it. She doesn't want to enslave men or have a female supremacist world, but Boudicca's... Not gonna judge. Now, it's all up to Asa to stop Gaia's plan's nuclear strike, designed to blow up this world of men from within, as she tries to destroy Gaia undercover. But after doing so, what did it achieve? Was it all worth it? Turns out it just made things even worse as this whole plan comes to the surface and makes the misogyny run even more rampant. But your mind is now a pretzel shape because John Cleese is sat in a dark room and reveals that not only was he a man behind Gaia all along to firmly make women the villains, but also every sound you heard in the movie was inside your head because it was really a silent film. Boom. That's the ending, (laughs) and that is A Man's World. Two amazing, mind bending (laughs) ideas added to R because you watch Slate.
1: (laughs) Oh, Murray. You've outdone yourself.
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm more pleased about that than the imminent birth of Emily's child. Yeah.
1: So, so am I. I think we both are.
3: <laughs> Twist. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Anna and Emily, or should I say Egg? Do you have uh, anything that you'd like to um, plug or share with us, tell our listeners?
3: We have a podcast out weekly called Still Legit. So it'd be nice if you liked us here to like us there as well. So, yeah, in the podcast, we take a look at popular culture
4: from our youth and ask, is it still legit? Um, we just released uh, an episode about, about the Matrix. Uh, so if you enjoy Mindbenders, come join
1: us. Thank you once again to the brilliant Double Act Egg. As always, if you haven't already subscribed to us, go do that now. Why haven't you, silly people? You can also give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are at You Watched Pod. We also have some fun little quizzes and questions on there. We really do enjoy your interactions, so please do get in touch. This episode of Because You Watched featured Emily Lloyd Saney, Anna Leon Brophy, Rory Binks, and me, Beck Hill. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky.